I've really enjoyed the singing group. Thank you, ladies. I'm not sure why the three guys keep coming up every once in a while messing them up, but uh, I have enjoyed. <laughs> and uh, hey, I'll pay you a compliment. I lean over to uh, uh, Brother Kavanaugh and I said, uh, so those are those uh, young ladies in your youth group? And uh, so there you go. And she said, no, though. He said, no, they're a bunch of old women. And, uh, and so anyway, I don't know. I guess when you get a certain age, you know, guys in your 50s and 60s, everybody looks like a kid, you know. So, but I sure have enjoyed that. And by the way, thank you for that good challenge. Uh, boy, that was quick. I, I think he felt pressure for time. I wish he'd have taken 20 more minutes of my time and developed that. But uh, let me say this, you know, I preach on that not being ashamed, not being ashamed. You come forward, you make the decision. Uh, you know, we're all in constrained with time. I wish sometimes we, you know, could tell you everything about our path. But you say, well, preacher, you just go forward and make a decision that you're not going to be ashamed. Well, after that, I went to talk to my dad about it. And my dad gave me some good advice. He said, Jerry, the only way that this is going to change in your life is the Word of God has to change it. And here's what he told me. And by the way, I'm going to try to sell you on something, and maybe about 10% of you will get it. And I'm sorry, I'm just truthful. Okay, by the way, why don't you decide to be part of that 10%? Make it 20. Make it 30. But he said, uh, you're going to have to get into the Word of God. He said, you need to do a study on three words, bold, boldly, and boldness. And he said, you go from Genesis to Revelation. By the way, this is back in the day when we had to use something called a book, the concordance. It's sad that it's so simple for this generation. Literally, you got a Bible program that you can type one word, hit a button, hit print. And I had to take those, that concordance. Remember, brother? And we went through every single. But you know what I did? I did it. I got a notebook, and I did a study, and I realized there was 18 Bible principles, 18 things that I was going to have to do in my life in order to become a bold Christian. I decided I was going to do them. I'm not kidding you. Within nine months, I was absolutely revolutionized in that arena of my life. You know, okay. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous is, are bold as a... Okay, so one of the problems that, the, that when I'm studying this that the Holy Spirit's confronting me with is, you know what makes a coward out of you? Sin makes a coward of you. All right? Wicked flee when no members... Now listen, I'm not talking about going to church and having a preacher teach you this. I'm talking about opening your Bible up. And I'm talking about at 15 years of age. Okay, I got my Bible open. I, I could bring notebooks full of personal Bible study notes, not notes that I heard from preachers. I, I, listen, if y'all, if y'all ain't going to study to show thyself approved unto God. Study, all right, we can't get them to read their Bibles. You still, come on, you still don't read your Bible every day? And you've been saved how long? And you're raised in some kind of, what kind of home? And how long have you gone to a, I mean, this is craziness. You know, old D.L. Moody said, what you do, I think it was, what you do with this book to determine what God will do with you. And it hasn't changed any. Okay, now, now like I said, you know, I'm getting looks from some of the guys like, really? Okay, and you know what? You're going to be nothing. You're going to be nothing for God, and you're going to stand at the judgment seat having done nothing and wasted this thing called life God gave Or you could turn off the stupid video games, get off YouTube, find a Bible, open it up, get a concordance, or get a Bible program. You know, right there, bold, boldless, boldly. There's not a kid in here. There'll be a handful that'll do it. Go home, do that word study. If you study it, you'll come up with the same basic principles I came up with. You'll have to make some changes. The Word of God demands change. You make those changes, and I went from being basically a very backwards, cowardly Christian, and six, nine months later, my dad's like, what in the world's gotten into you? Let me tell you what got into you. I mean, the Word of God got into you. And that's what, he, that's what you were saying, brother, is, you know what, man alive, he's more, that's being more noble. You open the Scriptures daily, you study it. You know what? Let's receive it with all readiness of mind. Okay, don't, that means you go in and you're open to what they're preaching. You're not judgmental. You're not critical. You're willing to receive it. So you receive it, but then you go home and you study it out. See, every sermon 
just gives people enough to whet their appetite. We got time to teach all the Bible says about anything. It's not supposed to be all that you're getting. The only Bible you're getting is Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You're starving to death. Try to eat three times a week. Okay, I'm going to whet your appetite with something today. And most people will get just their little appetite. And they'll get a little nibble. And most of them, the ravens of hell will come, pick up the seed. It'll never take root. Right. I mean, this is what we do. I'm just being honest. But it's, it's exciting to, to every once in a while find that kid that's different. And it ought to be a lot bigger percentage in a group like this with the quality of churches than 10%. And why, why don't we just get up have a, have a, listen, this is worth your whole trip here, what he just said, okay, and what he just preached on. To, to just go home and be honest and sit down and say, you know, I, I can give an hour a week or a day, an hour a day to study this book. I can do a half hour a day. If you, if you decided before you go to bed at night to do your Bible study chance, it would change your sleep patterns. It would take away some of the demonic dreams that some of you are fighting because of the other stuff you're putting in your mind. 30 minutes before you go to bed. it free free a lot of them from what we talked about in there. I'm just saying, you know, there it is. You got the same book I got. And give it a chance, man. All right, now that I've made friends. <laughs> what did I tell you, John 8? I think I should have said John 18. No? No, let's go to John 8. All righty, John chapter. I don't want to give you too much Bible. Good night. I'll wear you out, discourage you. John chapter 8. All right, stay with me here. I want to give you some good things, so stay with me. John chapter 8. I'm going to preach on one sin. I'm just going to, I'm, not, I'm not sneaking up on you. I'm telling you, I'm preaching against one sin. Uh, and I'm going to take... The first 20 minutes or so, and I'm going to read a lot of Bible. And not just like chapters worth, but I'm going to, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up. I'm just going to read verses, and I'm, but I'm doing it on a reason, for a reason. I am going to build a case like a lawyer for a few minutes. I'm going to bring all of my evidence from the Bible. And I'm going to show you something about this sin. And most people in this room are convinced that this isn't a big sin. I'm going to try to do the best I can to convince you how huge this sin is in your life and how crippling it is in your life and the, and the path it's put you on and what it's going to lead to. So I want you to listen very carefully to, to what, we, what we preach on. And I'm going to, honestly, I feel like today I, I could, I'm going to save some of you if you'll let me. In John chapter 8, verse number 31... Bible says, in, well, in verse number 30, as he, speaking of Jesus, as he spake these words, many believed on him. So, there you go. They got saved. All right, Brother Kavanaugh, what, what you preach and what I'm going to go into is, boom, thank you. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Amen. We see a lot of people saved in our independent fundamental Baptist churches. Uh, a lot of those aren't there in a year. Well... Why not? Verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews, which, who? Believed on him. Here it is. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. I wonder if more noble and disciples indeed is talking about the same kind of thing there. Amen? There's disciples and then there's disciples indeed. That's talking about the ones that aren't playing around with it. They're getting into it. What's the difference? They continue if you continue in my word, then are you disciples indeed? Now, watch this, young people. Verse 32. And you shall know the... What's the next word? And the truth. The truth shall make you free. Heavenly Father, help us, Lord. And uh, I pray that you'd help. Let me help somebody, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're going to sit up straight and tall on purpose because I know you're tired and you've got a lot of activities and, and you had to eat all that stuff so you could get your card punched, amen. <laughs> There's kids walking out trying to give food away just so they can stay with me. Stay with me. I want to preach to you today on the importance of truth, the importance of truth. I'm also going to 
in turn expose something that is considered little and white, but is neither. I'm not talking about dishonesty. I'm talking about the sin of lying. The sin of lying. Stay with me. We see here that there's a group of people that believed on Jesus. And yet he didn't want to just see them saved, folks. Listen, the Great Commission is threefold, not onefold. He wanted to see them baptized and he wanted to see them taught and he wanted to see them continue. That's the word, continue. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And so he wanted to get them to the truth. Now let's just settle one thing right now, folks. Here's where the truth is. All right, this is where the truth is. Everything that anybody says or writes, we compare it to that. And if this says one thing and something else says something, if I, if I say something today and it's contrary to this, let God be true and every man a... All right, so everything in life is judged by this book. This is truth. All right? That's why he said, if you continue in my word. Now, stay with me. I am disturbed and shocked at how many young people in our independent fundamental Baptist churches and many in our Christian schools have already become habitual liars. Liars. Now, let's first of all define that. What does that mean? What does it mean to be truthful? Oh, I don't lie. Well, wait a minute, do you? Let's suppose I was going to grab this young man, come on up here, and we are in court now, and I'm going to let you become a witness, okay? But before we become a witness, I want you to raise your right hand, put your left hand on the Bible, and you repeat after me. I promise to tell the truth. I promise to tell the truth. Oh, wait a minute. Do we stop there? I promise to tell the truth. I promise to tell the truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. So all right, you can be seated. Great. Why did they do it? Why, why, why did they make him say? Why not just, I promise to tell the truth, so help me God? Because lying takes three forms. All right? I mean, I promise to tell the truth. If it's just an out-and-out out falsehood, it's a lie. Okay? If you left the house and you went to um, the music store... And your mom, you come home, and your mom said, where did you go? And you say, Gander Mountain. That's an out-and-out out lie. Okay, that's easy. But when somebody's being sworn in in a court of law, they're not just asked to promise to tell the truth, but the... Because you know what, folks? Watch this. A, a partial truth is a lie. In other words, everything you tell is the truth, but you just conveniently leave something out. And this happens all the time in our Christian schools. Okay? Something didn't happen a certain way at school. Teacher got on you. Somebody had to correct you. And you go home and you tell a partial truth. Come on. And if you don't tell everything, let me see if I can illustrate this, all right? Okay, Johnny and Susie, little kids, Susie's about five, Johnny's about three. And Susie comes running, they're playing in there, they seem to be getting along, mom's trying to get some things done, come on. Parents, you've got to deal with this all the time. Guess what? When your child was born, instead of the doctor walking in and saying, it's a boy or it's a girl, he should have said, congratulations, it's a sinner. <laughs> because you don't have to teach kids to lie. All right, so here comes Susie. She comes running, Mom, 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 Johnny, Johnny took Barbie, took my Barbie and opened the window and threw Barbie out the window. Mom, kill him, kill him, kill him. Now, Mom walks in and says, Johnny, why did you, no, no, no. Just a minute, Susie. And she's panicking now because what she wants mom to do is make a decision based only on the information given. But moms are experienced and pretty smart people and I think have eyes in the back of their head. 
And so she comes in and says, Susie, no more talking. Johnny, yes, ma'am. What did you throw her Barbie out the window? Yes, ma'am. I told you! Tell him! <laughs> Susie, why did you throw Barbie out the window? And he reaches behind his back and picks, pulls out his G.I. Joe, who is now headless. <laughs> and says, Susie pulled the head off of my G.I. Joe. And by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, you mess with Joe, Barbie goes out the window. <laughs> perfectly justifiable. I mean, and, and Susie's now, you know what? Watch this. That don't just happen with four-year-olds and three-year-olds. That happens in Christian schools every single day. That happens in youth groups. Some of you are already, when you get back to this activity, you are already primed to get in the vehicle and begin to spin a story to your parents that's half-truths. I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and embellished truth is a lie. Well, I didn't lie. If you exaggerated the truth in any way, you've lied. Okay? Or, all right, all right, preacher, all right. Okay, everybody lies. Yeah, I know. The Bible says, let God be true and remain a liar. And you know what? It's not that big a deal. Oh, that's where you're mistaken. You see, young people, here's what's happened. Jesus has got his disciples, and he said, listen to me. You just got saved, but you're all a bunch of liars. Now, if you'll continue in my word, you'll discover the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want you to picture something. Every time you tell a lie, I want you to picture the devil taking a chain and just kind of wrapping you up. Every time you tell a lie, there's another chain around. And you know what Jesus was saying? Y'all, y'all whether you see it or not, you're all bound by this life of lies. Now, if you'll continue my word, you'll discover the truth. And you know what will set you free? You know what will break those chains? The truth will. Now, listen to what I'm going to say because, again, I'm going to try to build a case in the next few minutes. Stay with me. The Fuller Institute provides statistics and says the average American tells 23 lies a day. I have no idea how they came up with that. But the Bible says the truth will always make a man free. Where lies produce bondage, truth sets you free. Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And over here on my right, I'm going to build a case for the truth. And over here, I'm going to build a picture case for lying. And I'm going to try to get you to... Get on one side of this or the other. Number one, our holy God is a God of truth. I'm talking about the whole trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Bible says? It's impossible for God the Father to lie. In Titus chapter 1, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Folks, here's the truth. God is firmly over here. It's impossible for Him to be over there. We're talking about God the Father. We could read more. I'm going to hurry. Do you know that Jesus and the truth are synonymous? In John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How about John 1.17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. How about John 14.6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We could go on. But I'm telling you, here's God the Father, and He stands on the side of truth. And here's our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. And He, the truth, is so important to Him that He literally takes it as a name for Himself. I am the way, the truth. By the way, you should treat the truth as sacredly as you would treat the Savior. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth. John 15, 26, but when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all 
truth. Romans 9.1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. John 5.9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. 1 John 5.6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. I'm building it up here. Now, you're going to be faced this week with opportunities whether or not you're going to stand over here with God and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit and tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, or whether you're going to come over here and... and tell another lie. Stay with me. We're not done. You know what? Not only do we have a holy God who is a God of truth, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have a holy God that's given us a holy book that contains the truth. The truth of the gospel is contained in the Bible. You know what it is? The gospel truth that allows you to be saved. The, the Bible told you the truth about your sinful told you the truth about your sinful condition. The Bible told you the truth about hell. The Bible told you the truth about heaven. The Bible told you the truth about God's love and the truth about what His Son did. And you know what? Because you were preached the truth, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, had something to convict your heart with. God the Father, who is a God of truth, drew you. Jesus provided a gospel of truth. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, took the truth and convinced you to be saved. The only reason you are saved is because God sent the truth. And this book contains the truth. But it doesn't just contain the truth of the gospel. This book contains living truth for us once we're saved. John 8, 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My word, then you are My disciples, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 40, But now you seek to kill Me, a man who hath told you the truth. John 14, uh, 17, 17, Sanctify them through Thy truth, Thy word. Sanctify. You know what we want? We want sanctify separated young people. Why can't we get them there? Because you are only sanctified through the truth. Through the truth. Stay with me. We're not done. There's plenty of Bible. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard of us you received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Second Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You know why we can't get them in this book? Because they're, they, they, they do not want to get in near anything that exposes lies. Because, listen to me, I'm going to try to help some of you. Some of your entire life, your entire life is defined by lying. You know who you've lied to first? Yourself. Long before a young person ever lies to mom, ever lies to dad, ever starts lying to the preacher, they've got to lie to themselves. We're going to get to that. So we've got God the Father, and you know what? He's over here with truth. God, the Holy Spirit, over here with truth. God, the Son, over here with truth. Where's this King James Holy Bible? It's over here with the truth. Now, you know what? Who, who else comes along and joins this crowd over here? That preacher right there. Because we've given our whole life to preach this book. And guess what? You know what you're going to hear when you come to church? We're going to, you know what? We want them to bring their Bibles. We want them to open them up. I mean, we get aggravated. Where's your Bible? Don't come to church without your Bible. Are you crazy? Turn in your Bible. I don't hear pages turning. Why do we want you to open the Bible and look at everything as we go through it? You know why? Because we want you to become convinced not because Jerry Ross said it, or Brother Kavanaugh, the preacher said it. We want you to become convinced of the truth. It's in the book. It's the truth. So now we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We've got the book over here, the book of truth. We've got the preacher standing here preaching the truth. And a Sunday school teacher who loves you that's teaching the truth. And a Christian school that's integrated the Word of God into every single piece of curriculum out there in every subject because you know what we're concerned about? You getting the truth. And by the way, when you're over here, you're free. Amen. There's such a freedom. 
You know what? When somebody asks me a question, I don't have to ever stop and think, what did I say last time? Or how did I tell this story next? And by the way, preacher, you and I know it's true. Some of the biggest lying that goes on goes on in some pulpits. Come on. If we're going to get on the teens, let's get on all of us. Is that illustration that you, you tell just keep growing? It's amazing how I heard a guy tell a story, an illustration here, and then five years later, he tells it over here, and it's, it's transformed. And, and by the way, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and the minute we get up in the pulpit and claim to be preaching the Bible and start lying, oh, pride gets in. Come on, preachers. Come on, church members. How many you ha- how many are you running? Well, I had a church planter gave me a great answer on that, by the way. He said, man, I was struggling with this church plant. You know, we're just trying to get it going. Didn't have a whole lot of people. Everybody's... Ask me, how many, how many are you running? How many are you running? How many are you running? He finally said, I just started giving this answer. I'm running between two and 300. Between two. <laughs> he said, if me and my wife's there, we got two. And he said, they're all like, well, that's good. <laughs> I don't know if that's the truth, the whole truth or nothing. But the, I don't, I mean, it's true. <laughs> I like preachers that are honest. The preachers that are my favorite preachers and my closest friends are guys. By the way, we usually like preachers that are honest until they're honest to us. Come on. I like, I like guys to hang around who value our friendship enough to tell me the truth. I like guys when you ask them a question not thinking, well, what answer does he want or how do I... I like truth. Listen, how are we ever going to get anything done if we're all sitting around spewing lies, lying to ourselves, lying to each other, lying to God? How are we ever going to get anything done and anything accomplished? I remember my dad had a good close friend in the ministry. And you know what? Good, godly, holy man. And, and you know what? He honestly pastored a struggling church. And I, I can't tell you how many times my dad said to, his name was Pastor Fred Gross. He'd say, Brother Gross, how, how's the church going? He'd say, Brother Ross, pray for me. To be honest with you, it's not very good. And I remember the first time he said that because I've been with my dad around preachers all the time and I'd never met anybody that didn't have a glorious report. The honest truth, come on. If a lot of us answered the question right and honestly pray for us, you know what? We're struggling in some areas. Why can't, you know, why can't we get help? Because we won't, we're over here. Okay. Now, stay with me. So over here so far. We're going somewhere. We're going to get there. We got God the Father, and we got God the Son. By the way, this is good company. Got that Holy Spirit, man. He's so honest. He is so honest with me. I mean, be careful. Don't ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is there something? Is there something between me and you? Anyway, he'll just he'll just nail it. He is honest. Okay, that book is honest. I'm reading it every morning, and I mean it's. Sometimes I'll just get stuck on one verse and I, I just, you know what, I just say, okay, I give up and I just get on my face. I, God, I'm so wicked. Amen. You know why? It tells me the truth. Right, right, right. Thank God for an old-fashioned King James Holy Bible Daddy that preached the truth. Yeah, right. The truth. I grew up under truthful preaching, Bible preaching. Thank God for a Sunday school teacher told me the truth. Thank you for a youth leader that when I was a teenager and sneaking off and getting wicked and you know what? He'd come up to me and tell me the truth. You can speak the truth in love, but it still ought to be the truth. Okay? We're way too worried about hurting everybody's feelings now. I've never seen a generation that's had so many feelings. Honestly. And you know what? If you're a girl, hey, have them. I don't even have a problem with that. I raised three daughters. I, I get it. But guys, I do not understand guys that have the amount of feelings they have. I'm not even sure my dad allowed me to have feelings. You know? I think if he thought I was having a feeling, he just whipped me. You know, I, I don't know. By the way, thank God. I'm serious. There's so, many, there's so many problems with the generation. You've got the Internet. You just study until you find yourself a reason or excuse. I mean, listen, and again, someone's going to get mad at me, but just put your seatbelt on, okay? When I went to B-Ridge Elementary School in the 1960s, they just, at lunchtime, they put us all in a line, and we went through, and we all ate and drank the same things, and nobody died. (laughs) Now everybody's vegan or vegan or whatever they say. 
They've got, they're allergic to everything. They've got this problem and that problem. You know what? We, have, we are raising a generation with a victim's mentality. Not a victor mentality, but I've got to find these handful of things that's wrong with We've got more hypochondriacs and independent fundamental badgers. Come on now. Everybody's got a reason. Everybody's got an excuse. I know, I know I'm by myself up here, but it's fun, man. It's just, everybody's on medication. You're not going to get, you know, I got this disorder, I got that disorder. I talked to a lady the other day, invited her to church. Oh, do you understand? I've got antisocial, uh, what is it? Something. Anxiety, something. I don't know. And I'm like, what's that mean? She's like, I can't get around crowds. I said, you go to Walmart? Well, last time I was in Walmart, there was a crowd. That's free. No, seriously, I'm talking about you girls. You can't go on a youth activity without twisting an ankle and spending the whole time on crutches so everybody walks around because it's all about you. <laughs> I've, been so, I've been emotionally abused. So was I. I, I, was, I was raised in Bob Ross's house. It was normal. I've been psychologically abused. I've been, I mean, everybody's been abused. Okay? You know what? You're over here. You're being fed a bunch of lies of all the reasons that you can't do anything for God and you've got an excuse for everything and you can't turn out for God and you could never go to the mission field and you and you and you and you and you. You know, that's why Jolie Olstein's packing out stadiums because we've got an entitlement, poor me generation that just wants somebody to walk in and pat them on the head and tell them, oh, you poor little thing, God bless you. And you know what? We just have so many people and so much. And, 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 and you know, come on. You know what will set you free from all that junk? The truth. You know what you're hearing right now? The truth. Yeah, they used to give us those little milk cartons, you know. We all drank milk. Nobody died. Somebody opened a bag of peanuts, we'd die for it, we'd fight over it. <laughs> Nobody swolled up and died. I, I don't get it. I know there's legitimate things, but not as many as what everybody's claiming to have. Stop lying! That was fun. I'm really enjoying my one and only time I'll be in Akron, amen? <laughs> okay, we're all over here. Now, say, preacher, well, what's going on over here? Okay. Let's go over to John chapter 8. Oh, we're there. That can't be. You mean the same chapter where Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He then continues over in verse number 43 and says, Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? And that's some of you right now. You know what? You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the Truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. But it doesn't stop there. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Watch this. This next phrase is important. He's a liar. He's a liar and the father of it. We learned this when we were first introduced to him in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And as he said, and he said unto the women, Yea, hath God said. Now now he hasn't lied yet. He's just trying to put some doubt in her mind. Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. By the way, lie! God didn't say she couldn't touch it. But she was exaggerating the severity of a rule exaggerating the severity of a rule. Well, they're so strict, pretty soon they'll have us wearing burkas. I've never made our girls wear burkas. You know what? You know what that tells me when I hear somebody exaggerate a rule, exaggerate what it is? They don't like it. Guess what? Eve didn't like the rule. Before she broke the rule, she decided she didn't like the rule. Amen. Come on. Now notice this. Watch this. What's he saying yet? And the serpent said to the woman, here it is, ye shall not surely die. Liar. By by the way, somebody's lying. Because God said, ye shall surely die. And the devil says, ye shall not surely die. Somebody's lying. 
I'm going to tell you who it is. I'm going to tell you who it's not. It's not Almighty God. Because you know what? It's impossible for God to lie. Impossible. So we're introduced from day one to the liar, the devil. Acts chapter 5, verse number 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Now stay with me. I'm about to expose this sin for what it is. Why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price? How about Galatians 3, verse 10? Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath, this is amazing, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Bewitched you, like in the occult. Bewitched you. So, all right, we know who's over here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The King James Holy Bible, the preacher preaching it, the mom and dad's trying to train you and, and get you to use that as a standard for truth, the Sunday school teacher that's teaching it to you. And here you are, you've got an opportunity to tell the truth or tell a lie, and you walk over here to the one who is a liar, who invented the lie. But watch this. He's not only a liar. The Bible says he is the father of all lies. Now listen, I'm not trying to be nasty, and I mean this. Don't take it that way. But I want you to think about biology for a minute. If, if he has to father every lie, it's impossible for a young person or you or me to tell a lie without having direct interaction with the devil. Who hath bewitched you? You see, when a kid starts going off track, and the kid starts, I mean, I mean the devil gets in him, Okay. You go to spiritual warfare conferences and they warn you about Ouija boards and Harry Potter and seances because those open doors. Rock music because they open doors. And by the way, all that's true and it does. But let me tell you where the first doors opened in the life of a young person. Your first direct interaction with Satan or the demon world. You cannot lie without interacting with the devil because he's not just a liar he's the father of all lies are you listening to me are you getting this stay with me ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be ye angry and sin not let not the sin go sun go down on upon your wrath ne neither give place to the devil now that's no coincidence he said listen put away Lying from you, speak every man the truth, neither give place to the devil. You know why? Because if you don't, you're given place, you're given opportunity, you're opening up avenues of your life to demonic influence. It does matter that you tell the truth. It does matter that you tell the whole truth. Stop walking around causing problems in your church and problems in your family and problems in your youth group and problems in the Christian school because you know what? You're a liar. Everything that happens, you tell part of it. You don't tell all of it. And you're keeping the demons of hell swirling around your whole situation. And, and you, what you don't realize is every time you're involved in that, you know, well, a preacher, it works. And I didn't get in trouble. And I got away with it. No, there's another chain around you. And 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 Jesus is over here saying, listen, when you got saved, you got saved. But you know what? You kind of got saved like this. And he says, now, if you continue in my word, uh, you know what? You'll learn the truth and the truth will set you free. Why don't you just come over here and live? That means the next time that somebody asks you a question, you know what? You want to pause before you answer it. Well, preacher, if I tell the truth, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Listen, if you don't tell the truth, you're going to have another chain. And I'd rather get in a, a little bit of trouble and still be over here with this crowd. And by the way, have a clear conscience. I'm wondering if all of the problems that I was belittling a minute, all the medicines that's needed, all of the complexes, and all of the... I'm wondering if it's not because most of the generation's just living over here. I'm wondering if we can't have revival because, you know what, we can't get you to tell the stinking... Listen, you'll never have revival until you're truthful with yourself about yourself. And you know who wants to tell you the truth? The spirit of truth. 
But I mean, you have grieved him so much and quenched him so much in your life that you know what? When a preacher's preaching the truth, you know what? You don't even feel conviction anymore because the devil's got you so wrapped up and changed. L- listen, you're going to have to make a decision because you're going to carry that on into your adulthood and on into your marriage and you're going to carry those lies into every relationship and you have no idea what you're setting yourself up for because of what you've convinced yourself of is a little white lie. I preached this message about five, six years ago, I think, in Pennsylvania, somewhere in that time period, a camp out there. Afterwards, they had a bonfire, and a preacher's daughter came up to me, and she, we were in the group, but she came over, and I was kind of by myself, but we were within the group, and she came over and said, you know, Brother Ross, can I just talk to you for a minute? And she said, and I said, yes, yes, you can. And she said, Preach, she said preacher, listen to me, Brother Ross, listen, every thing you said tonight is 100% true. She said, I've just got a problem. I said, what is it? She says, my entire life is a lie. She said, my whole life's a lie. She said, I don't know where to start. I said, start with the truth. She said, preacher, if I went and sat down and talked to my mom and dad and told them the truth, I mean the truth about everything that's happened in the last two or three years? She said, you have no idea what would happen. I said, yes, I do. You'd be set free. And I said, I suspect something. I think your daddy probably loves you. And you don't know it, but he's probably on his face at night saying, God, I don't even know what's wrong with her. Your mama loves you. Your church family, whether you realize it or not, behind your back are praying for you. And you know what? You're not, listen, they're not going to pick up stones and stone you. They're going to help you. But you've got to be truthful. You've got to be truthful. You know what? I don't have to give a lot of application here because I know that the spirit of truth, if you're listening, he's a talking. Some of you, the, this week, told your mom and dad the biggest lie. Well, I didn't tell a lie. Let me ask you this. By the way, we know when some of our kids are getting off track. I mean, come on, we watch. Shepherd's supposed to know the state of his flock. I watch my teens. Sometimes I know something's going on. I just can't tell. It just, you know, you can see it. I mean, folks, it's more obvious than you think it is when you're getting off track. So what do we do? We love them. So what do we do? I'll be walking one of the teen guys saying, hey, come here. Come here a minute. Hey, I got to go down and get the mail. Walk down with me. And I like the fact that our mailbox of our church is about 100 yards from the church because I found out that some of the greatest time I've ever spent with my teenagers saying, hey, come here, I've got to check the mail. Come walk with me. And then I'll look at him and say, okay, you know, your preacher loves you. Yes, yes, preacher, I know you love me. I think I know you pretty well. He gets quiet. And I said, what's going on? What's going on? Listen, you're not a bad kid, but you are changing. What is going on? You know what? You know what you want to say? And you know what you probably have said? Nothing. I'm fine. Preacher, honestly, I'm, I'm just going through a heart. You know what? You're lying. And here you go again. Mom and dad. Preacher, I don't lie to my parents. Yeah, come on. When's the last time your mom said, come here, I need to talk to you? By the way, why don't you want to talk to them? Why do you walk in the door and, and hey, mom, hi, dad. And you, why? 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 Because you don't want to be asked any questions. You know why? Because you don't, you, listen, you're living a lie. You know what? Silence can be a lie. Come on, what's, what's, what's on your phone? What secret relationship? Hey, what's going on? No, nothing. I'm fine. I don't know why everybody's on my case. We're not on your case. We're trying to get you over here where you can tell the truth about some things so that we can get you the help you need. Okay? I'm not on your case. I'm not on my teen's case. I just, I just, I've, I've just done it too long. I can see when the chains start getting wrapped. What's going on? Oh, nothing. You just lied again. Are you okay? Yeah. Are, are, is your walk with God okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I want to take you one more place. By the way, Satan uses deceivers to turn men from the truth. You better be careful who you're hanging around. Who's the person that's taught you to lie and encouraging you to lie and works with you to come up with lies? Better get away from them. 
Every person has to decide if his or her life is going to be defined by the truth or defined by lies. I met Jesus at the crossroads where the two ways meet. Satan too was standing there and he said, come this way. Lots and lots of pleasures. But I said, no, there's Jesus. The truth is here. No more of your chains, devil. I want to take you somewhere. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. And there's multiple applications here. And this is where, by the way, do you suppose maybe there's a book called the Concordance or a program. And somebody could maybe go home and look up the word truth. Just look up the word truth and chase it from Genesis to Revelation and make notes. And I promise, by the way, look up the words lie and liar. And if you'll do that Bible study, it won't be some little 40-minute message that convinced you. You'll walk out of there. And when you just study lies, lies and liar and look at all the verses and write down the principles, you'll literally set back in astonishment at how satanic of a sin this is. Now stay with me because I'm going to go one more place and then we'll wrap it up and send you home. Young people, I don't want just another youth rally. I want to help you. I could have entertained you. I've got those messages. I want to help you. Okay, listen to me. Ephesians chapter 6. Are you there? Now, Ephesians chapter 6, let me get there. If you are familiar with your Bibles a little bit, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse number 10, talks about the armor of God. Okay? Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil. Isn't that interesting? Here he is again. The devil. How are we going to stand against the wiles of the devil? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the wor- this world, against spiritual wickedness. Here we are, demonic world, brother. Okay, the devil is trying to destroy you. He's, he's walking around. Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to wrestle you down and pin you down and make you ineffective for God. So how do we avoid that? Verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. All right, now we're going to start learning about the armor of God. Stand therefore having... Well, wait a minute, what's number one? What's the first thing you put on? Having your loins girt about with... Okay, look right up here. Again, young people, all right, 7th through 12th grade, I think is what we got here. I'm not being nasty. I'm not being over specific, But you know what I'm going to talk about. Think about this. Your loin, listen, it doesn't give pieces of, of armor, brother. It tells where to put them on and what it protects. Okay, again, I'm not being nasty. But your loins is this area between here and here. Your loins girt about with truth. By the time a young person ends up in your office with their mom and dad, and this is a good girl, a precious girl, and she looks you in the eye and she's crying, and you're you're, you're scared to death what's going to come out of their mouths, and the parents are crying, and she looks up at you and says, Preacher, I'm pregnant. You know how that happened? It started with a lie. with a lie. Here's two decent kids, I mean, pretty good kids. They kind of like each other. And, and by the way, man, listen. Listen to your preacher and listen to your mom and dad. And whatever parameters and, and fences they've built and time frames, stop bucking against it. There's a reason. They've got some courtship principles and some, and some rules. Stop criticizing them. We've watched thousands of young people self-destruct. Would somebody listen to the truth about this? But you're over here and you keep listening to the devil's lies and you're standing, hanging around with a bunch of liars who are lying to each other. And then you've got the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, and his sweet son and the Holy Spirit that's trying to teach you truth and a preacher and a mom and a dad and a youth pastor and Sunday school teachers. And every single kid I've watched flame out in this matter of morality started with lies. Lying to yourself. Oh, this stuff won't hurt me. I'm strong enough. I've even read where some of this stuff is healthy. Lies, 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 lies. Of course, what do you think the world's going to produce? What's it going to put on the Internet about that kind of stuff? 
Hey, I've seen you texting. Who are you texting? I'm just talking, just, just texting one of my friends. Liar. I'm talking about that sink, see, secret folder you've got that your mom and dad aren't smart enough to figure out that it's there, but it's in your laptop. I'm talking about things that you've learned to do with your phone to get around. Come on now. I promise this is true, and it's just because of experience. These are good kids, clean kids, great churches. I, I get it. I promise you there's four, five, six young ladies that are right now carrying on a relationship with somebody that their mom and dad has no idea, and they're, listen, you are lying to your parents about it. Do you know what protects your purity, that precious thing called Purity. You put on the first piece of the armor of God, and that is the truth. I want everybody here to listen to me. I'm done. But we need to slow down. And when we're asked a question, we need to stop. Some of you are are habitual liars. You don't stop and think. You You keep just spinning the yarn. You just keep adding on to the tail. I mean, you've lied to your parents so many times that you don't even know how to speak the truth. You lie when you don't even have to lie. You know why? Because the devil, every time he can get you to get, say one more, and you're so bound and unhappy and so, in such a dangerous situation. Well, preacher, I know, I, all right, I know what you're saying is the truth. I know. But remember the little girl in Pennsylvania? My whole life's a lie. Where does it start? It starts by going over here to somebody that's on the side of truth and sitting down and say. I got to come clean on some stuff. And every time you tell the truth, the devil's screaming because there's another chain. And you and I got to tell you this. And but preacher, you have no idea what this is going to do to my family and what this is. All right, then live over their chain for the rest of your life. And by the way, continue till the devil puts so many chains on you, he drags you down and makes you nothing in your life. Or you could just go. There's some young ladies that need to look at some of your friends and say, hey, my lying days is over. I'm not lying for me. I'm not lying for you, just so we know from now on. I'm not asking you to be me, but I'm not going to be you anymore. Some young men and hanging over here with a bunch of liars. You know what? Tired of those chains? Come on. Come on over. Hey, come on over here. It's a great life. Man, alive. The truth will set you free. I, you know what? Live the truth. Be truthful with yourself. You know what being truthful with yourself will do? It'll bring you to this altar a lot. That's good. Man, alive. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. All right, God. Thank you. God, forgive me. I want to be truthful with my God. I want to be truthful with my wife. I want to be truthful with my children. I want to be truthful with my congregation. I don't want to live over there. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and nobody moving around.